Hello, hello. What's up? What's good? Ni hao, bonjour. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, tenacious, artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Remarkable, remarkable show for you today. With a talented returning guest, 2018 ski runner Olympian, American Ninja Warrior, actor, host, distance runner, and former candidate for governor. She's done a little bit of everything. Elizabeth Swaney returns to the show. Elizabeth was first on the show last summer, and she's one of my favorite guests because of her diverse interests, but more importantly because she is the antithesis of someone being complacent. She is constantly seeking out new challenges to better herself, and they're always diverse and different challenges. You heard her amazing eclectic resume. Well, it continues to grow and expand. I wanted to have her return to the show because I was curious to her goals for the new year. She's a goal-oriented and driven person who's always seeking out new opportunities. And I was curious to find out what she's planning for the year. On today's episode, Elizabeth shares with us some of her new challenges and, and the new sport that she's dipping her toe into. Elizabeth and I also discuss how she evolved and became stronger. It was a truly wonderful conversation. It's always lovely to chat with Elizabeth. I admire her mentality on life. She wants to do it all. <laughs> and she's going to do it all. She's someone who's, who's not going to be held back. And it's cool to see someone as ambitious as her. I know that she motivates me to do more and continue to grind. Thrilled to have her back. So let's go ahead and bring back Olympian and so, so, so much more, Elizabeth Sweeney. And let's learn. First of all, Elizabeth, how would you summarize 2020? How would I summarize 2020? That's a great question. So I think for pretty much everyone in the world was a very surprising year. And I think a year for everyone that was filled with loss, but also growth and knowledge. And what I focused on was fitness for myself and also trying to help others achieve their fitness goals. I think we've talked about the fitness videos before. So those are really fun to make. And I realized it's important to try to add value to other people's lives. So I hope I did that a little bit with the videos. Right now I'm creating a series of, or I just created a series of chess videos. I might add more to try to help people that want to learn that sport. But yeah, I guess just growth and understanding were big parts of 2020. And some things I worked on were stunt work and acting. So I'd love to develop those more in 2021 and beyond. You definitely stayed busy, especially with the fitness. And I saw the chess videos as well. How would you say overall that you evolved and maybe in what ways are you stronger today than you were a year ago? I feel like I've become stronger because of the communities around me. There's like, for example, fitness community that I'm a part of through Eric, the trainer, he offers online Zoom workouts and fitness tips via Instagram and everyone there is so supportive. And I feel like on YouTube, whether I create a video that's for fitness or chess, I feel like there's a community there and people's comments help me grow and understand more. And with acting and stunts, I feel like those are incredible communities as well. So I'm fortunate often to be around people that also like to grow and develop themselves and help 
others around them grow. So I think what helped me most was being around communities of people that have been incredible. And I've noticed not only in my like communities, but communities I've noticed around the world, people really want to help each other out during this time. So that's been really encouraging to see people perform amazing acts every day. I love that of surrounding yourself with other people who want to grow because it helps you grow. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to chat with you today because you are someone who's constantly growing, constantly evolving. But why? What was the motivation during 2020? Because there was going to be times where it was difficult. There was difficult for you to probably just get out of bed, let alone do all the videos that you were doing, let alone do all the fitness work you're doing. There was a hundred reasons why you could have stayed in and not done anything. You could have just chalked it up to the pandemic, but you chose to stay active, chose to stay busy. So why was that? What what drove you? I feel like there were a lot of people in the pandemic that also wanted to like improve themselves and become a better version of themselves physically or mentally. I decided that it's a choice I needed to make as well. I needed to make that choice to improve myself. And I'm not sure if I can pinpoint the motivation other than communities of people that I was around. Those people helped inspire me and motivate me. For example, during my workout class in the morning, Sometimes I don't really feel like doing that. I've also run, I think, maybe around 250 days in a row. But I'm, it's not just me. I'm part of a larger Run Street group with Runner's World and a Run Street group online. So if I feel like I'm not doing my part to be part of that Running Street or workout group, then I'm not contributing to that, that whole. So a lot of times I have to look to motivation outside of myself. Mm-hmm. I feel like, Um, For many years, my motivation was like, I want to make it to the Olympics. And um, I feel like I've grown to incorporate a lot of other goals into my life as well. But that's definitely in large part because of the motivating people that I'm around and see all day or read about. Yeah. And one of the best things about your goals is that they're incredibly diverse. And one of the things you mentioned today that I didn't know about last time we chatted was the stunt work. So tell me about the evolution of the stunt work, where that first came into your mind and and how that process is going. I was first really introduced to this. I had had a skeleton coach and teammate when I was doing skeleton sliding who was very involved in stunt work, but we really didn't discuss stunts a lot. But when I competed on American Ninja Warrior season 10 in 2018, a month after the Olympics, there were actually quite a few competitors on the show that also are stunt people either in LA or or elsewhere and they invited me to train with them sometimes go to their stunt softball games and go to Ninja Beach which is an amazing workout area um, in Santa Monica so by training with them and learning from them I heard about what they were doing in stunts and it was actually a number of them coming up to me and asking me, hey, do you want to be involved in stunts? I think you would seem to fit the type of a stunt person with your background. And I noticed a lot of them have been involved with a lot of sports throughout their life. So the more I learned about their stunt careers and their progression into stunts and more people kept coming up to me and asking me if that was something I was interested, the more I considered it as something that, okay, maybe I can try this or experiment with this. I started with a really great training group in the Bay Area called Area Stunts, which is led by Tony Vela. And it's not really active right now because of the pandemic. We discuss ideas, though. But before the pandemic, we would meet once every Saturday or once every other Saturday. 
and review the basic stunt fights and rolls and low falls and do some stunt driving work as well and some other stunt techniques also. And that's been an amazing community in California to be a part of. And that's introduced me to even more people in stunts. So yeah, really grateful to be a part of that group and excited to do more in stunts in the future. I love it that you continue to evolve, continue to find new things. During the last year, what has been the best book that you've read or the most inspirational, most memorable book that you read? Well, actually, it was a book that my um, father just found for me a few weeks ago. I don't know if these exist in a lot of cities around the world. Some of the blocks around here where I'm at currently, there's little free libraries. So people yeah. have a yeah, library Okay, in front of their house. So you're familiar yeah. with that. And um, he picked up a book. It's A Thousand Pearls of Runner's Wisdom. Hmm. So there's all these cool running quotes in it, a lot of motivational quotes. So I have randomly opened it up at least once every day for the, for the past few weeks and taken some running motivation out of that. And I like it because it's just one or two lines of running motivation that I can carry with me throughout the rest of the day. Long distance running is a relatively new for, for me. I really started distance running in 2019. So it helps me, I think, understand the runner's mentality a little bit more. How about your specific runner's mentality? When you're on your long distance runs, and I know you've done everything from dribbling a basketball during an entire LA marathon, which is incredible, your ultras that you've done as well. Are you listening to music? Is this a time for meditation? Is this a time for podcasts? What's going through your mind when you're out there? I actually just started listening to music and podcasts during my run. I was really focused on, okay, I have to listen to possible traffic or during races when those were active. I love hearing cheers from people and motivation from other runners and trying to motivate them. But this brand, Aftershocks, has headphones that are kind of the opposite of noise canceling. You can hear the traffic and you can hear people. You can also hear the music or podcasts you're listening to. So that's really the only type of headphones that I wear while running because they are safe to use in many environments. And it is helpful to listen to a half hour, hour long podcast during, during my run, I think. And one thing that running has gotten me to think about is, okay, maybe if I can run all these distances, I think I ran around like 15 full marathons from 2019 to 2020, in addition to other distance races, maybe I can do like cross country skiing. So that's something that I've been exploring recently. I think it would be interesting to try to train for that and compete in cross country skiing and see where I can take that. So specifically, I'm curious, what was the music when you have those headphones on? What was some of the artists that you enjoyed? The artists that I enjoy. So I would say just listen to the radio Sometimes or whatever that's playing, but I do focus more on just the podcast. Okay. So I feel like it's more of a story that I can listen to. It's more something that I can get engaged with and something that I can use to drown out the pain if there's, it's a, if it's a really tough running session. Yeah. So I would say podcasts are my favorite. During okay. How did chess first come to something you want to do videos on? Did you grow up with chess? So yeah, a lot of Friday nights in high school, I would go to the local chess club and be part of the local monthly chess tournament. And I won a trophy once for chess. It's very tiny, but I did some some chess in college as well, but it didn't seem like 
there was much energy in the clubs I was in and I was interested in athletics more in college anyways and academics. So I kind of didn't do much chess in my adult life until recently. The Queen's Gambit really inspired me to get back into chess and I knew that I had a good foundation of chess doing it so much in high school and, and growing up. So I thought, okay, I can teach people with the knowledge I have and maybe this will inspire me to play more games as well. Fantastic. We're in a new year, 2021. When you're sitting down to create your goals, where are you getting your inspiration from? And then how are you organizing your goals? Are you going, are you going monthly? Are you going quarterly, yearly? And where are you getting the inspiration from? I would say my goals are mostly what we discussed about before. So I'd like to do more in acting and stunts and maybe do more in my videos. Also, I'd love to keep up my fitness and and goals there and also explore cross-country skiing. And I feel like it's great to have a competition to look forward to. So I'm wondering, okay, if I learn cross-country skiing soon maybe i can do a competition by the end of the season or early next season i feel like having a competition to look forward to make each day that you're training a lot more manageable and you can break down your training if you have that that long-term goal or, or competition on the horizon and i'd also Love to be part of a regular television show if that fits in with everything else and if I'm selected for that. So I'd love to go on more auditions for acting and also hopefully be the right person for some stunt jobs as well this year. When you are assessing your progress and all your goals, are you using journaling or what are you giving for your own internal feedback, kind of introspection you have along your progress? For my own feedback, I just love feedback from coaches and other athletes and I really try to internalize that as far as journals go I haven't really used those that much to document my training throughout my life I feel like if I'm writing things down sometimes I sometimes take it out of my mind and then just let it be on the paper I I feel like if I'm not writing some things down, I'm forced to remember it and forced to internalize it more. So for me, for a lot of things, it's important to just really be present and not always write things down. Of course, I'll write important meetings down on like calendar online. And when I was a um, server at a restaurant, I would have to write the orders down on a paper. But, But besides that, a lot of what I do is documented either in my mind or electronically. And if it's the same type of workout, like every Wednesday with the track team, which I was doing before I was training with them four days a week, I knew the type of training it would be documented on their site. So I could always refer to it, but I feel like I just like to be in the moment and I know what I need to work on and what my, my goals are. Yeah. And it's working for you thus far. What do you want from the new year? Not necessarily goals that you want to accomplish, but just in general, what are you hoping for a new year from from maybe a bigger perspective, more of a grand perspective? Right. So I hope to continue to be inspired by people around me and people that I'm just learning about. And I, more than that, I hope to help inspire others. I feel like 2018 was a year where a number of people reached out to me or said, okay, I'm inspired by her. Some people said the opposite, but 
I feel like I have been able to inspire a lot of people in my life. And I feel like I need to continue to try to do that and add value, hopefully, to others that are watching me. I didn't get to ask you this last time we chatted, but your competitions have taken you around the world throughout various forms of athletics. Which of those locations you still have daydreams about that you're still longing for and want to visit again? I feel like there's a special part of every place that I visited. I'm thinking that often when I'm traveling and go to a place again, this feels like a home to me. I feel like there's places that I haven't been to in a while that I'd love to revisit. For example, Colorado has great early season ski training, and I haven't been to Colorado for a while, so I'd love to go back there. China was a great place to ski, so it'd be great to go back there. When I'm in Hungary, that's always a great place to be. So I feel like I'm able to take something special away from from pretty much anywhere in the world that I visit. The ski world championships in 2017 was really interesting though, because we landed in this really tropical place, Malaga in the southern part of Spain, and then drove two hours to this very wintry place. So that's, that's a very unique area that I'd love to go back to. And I'm sure there's so many other places in the world that I haven't yet been to that I will hopefully have great experiences at. Okay. Well, I'll specialize the question then. Same part of the question, okay. but food. What's the food memory? You're like, okay, this one bar none. I got to go back for that. The food memories. Everything. Actually, my, my greatest food memories are more meals that I have with training teammates and mm-hmm. competitors, especially at ski competitions, we would often have the same lodging or gather for meals. So sometimes the food was great. Sometimes it wasn't my favorite. But what I remember most is being like with the other athletes and coaches. And even at the Olympic Games, the food was it was pretty awesome there. I would say, yeah, that's hard to beat. It was a 24 hour dining hall and you could select food from maybe 30 different stations and talk with almost any athlete or coach from any country around you. So that's kind of an unparalleled dining experience, being able to dine with the world at any time and choose almost any food you like. So I don't know if there's a specific food there. I did really like the Korean food there. So I do miss Korean food and try to have it from time to time when I'm back in the States, Um, but I would say it's definitely more the meals that I have with people that I remember. You were chatting a little about cross-country skiing, and for me, I've always thought that cross-country skiing is the hardest aerobic sport known to man. It is the toughest. I know that when I've done it, it is just incredibly grueling, incredibly challenging. So why are you crazy enough to try that is my first question, And and what are your goals with that? I feel like in a way I've trained for cross-country skiing almost all of my life and in a way I haven't as well. And there's two main forms of cross-country skiing. I'm still learning about it, but there's classic cross-country skiing and then there's skate cross-country skiing. And before doing freestyle skiing, I did pretty much all the skating sports on ice. I grew up figure skating and then I did ice hockey for a little bit in college. And then I did speed skating as well. So when I was on the ice, I would often feel like, okay, I'm more comfortable on the ice than I am on regular ground. And similarly on snow, I would feel sometimes that I'm more comfortable on snow than I am on ground. So 
I've never really tried an endurance sport on ice. I did that a little bit for, for speed skating, but we didn't go super long distances. But I've always thought, okay, I could maybe combine all the marathon training I've done over the past few years with my skating background growing up. And I think the combination of those two feels like cross-country skiing to me and obviously my freestyle ski background. I think those would all blend to give me a good foundation in the sport. Obviously, I have to learn the basics first and, and see how I like it and find a possible sponsor or two for a cross-country scheme. But if all those things come together, then it would be an interesting adventure to go on. And on the days that you are not around snow, I know in California it can be tough sometimes. So on the days you're not around snow, how are you getting the skiing practice? I've been chatting with a few friends that have a background in cross-country skiing, and they've mentioned that roller skiing is a great way to practice. And I have a background in rollerblading and inline aggressive rollerblading. Yeah. I know what roller skis are. I've never been on them, but I think I could easily make that transition to roller skiing. Well, I saved maybe the most important question for last, but how is Olympic the cat doing uh, is still interrupting your golf game? Oh, good question. So, yes, yeah, she's sleeping on the steps right now. And, yeah, she's wonderful. She wandered into my backyard this year, and we couldn't find an owner. There is no microchip. So, uh, yeah, her name is actually – she's Olympian Cat on Instagram. And then her full name is Mia Amore S'mores. And the S'mores name is because she has marshmallow white paws and then chocolate brown shades for her fur. But yeah, she and I like to work out together. And I think she's really comfortable around people. So she's just a really sweet cat to be around. Always love our chat. How can people stay up to date the many, many activities that you do in your life? I'm pretty up to date with my life on Instagram. I'm at Liz Sweeney on Instagram, L-I-Z-S-W-A-N-E-Y. I also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash when I fire all letters. And I have Facebook also LinkedIn. I'm not too hard to find online. So if you search for me, you can usually find my channels pretty easily. Perfect. I will we'll subscribe on, on YouTube immediately after this conversation. Oh, cool. Thank you. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Randall. Great to chat with you again and happy new year. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Elizabeth. Be sure to give her a follow on social media and check out her YouTube channel, One Ice Fire. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. Aviento.